Question. Yeah. Uh, what's 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 going on with your Panthers? You you're a diehard fan. Uh, we all know that, but you made the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago. Um, right. What, what's what's going on? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I think what's going on is the rebuild. Um, I feel like with everything that has happened especially in the last couple of years, uh, especially in regards to, to Cam, uh, first and foremost, I think the Panthers are really trying to find uh, you. Uh, as you can see, everybody's gone that you remember from at least four or five years ago. I mean, you had Luke retire. You got Olsen, who, who mutually parted ways, and now he over there with Russell Wilson and them in Seattle. Mm. Um, everybody else is, you know, Young, you got your DJ Moore, you got your Christian McCaffrey, you got a lot of these guys who have a lot of years ahead of them, and uh, and I think that's what their their motive is. I think Tepper is really trying to push these young guys, especially bringing in Matt Rule, you know, the coach, and and uh, Brady from LSU. I, I think they're really going for a young rebuilding look. So I couldn't tell you how long it's going to take uh, for the Panthers to to even remotely get back to the point that they were in in 2015, but you know, I guess right now we're just looking at seeing what this youth can bring to Charlotte. Okay, okay. Now you said um, you said rebuild. Uh, do you mm-hmm. now, now I'm going to ask you this. Um, do you believe that it could be a combination of a rebuild from a management upper management pc answer or do you believe that it could possibly be the players the key players that is your luke um your um uh uh what's what's my what's my guy's name uh that just went to uh seattle um olsen Olsen, uh greg olsen Do you do you believe that it could be uh, a writing on the wall, meaning that they that possibly Cam and upper management uh, decided to part ways, and they're just calling it a rebuild? Do you believe they they have some behind the scenes information which led to their decision, or do you believe that it's strictly rebuild? Honestly, I think it might be a combination of them both. But if I had to guess the combination, I would say maybe 30% um, the players and 70% the actual rebuild. I think I think this really boils down to Tepper because I feel like Tepper gave Ron Rivera uh, a timeline and gave him an ultimatum as far as what he's supposed to do in the time that he's allotted him. And unfortunately, with injuries, especially to Cam, it kind of ruined Rivera's chances to really keep his job in Carolina and inevitably end up in Washington, as we already know. Now, um, I feel like when Ron was taking over the team, when Ron was running the team, that is, and Tepper first came, Tepper basically was, was saying, hey, you know, I'll work with you, you know, but Tepper came from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know, the Steelers are all about 
talk stability. I mean, I don't think the Steelers have have had more than five coaches in the last 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're really about sticking to one guy and having that, that status of, of winning and, and pretty much consistent winning. So I think he brought that to Carolina. So the fact that he seen Rivera was so up and down and inconsistent, he kind of was like, look, you know, we got to do things different. If you can't be the guy to carry it, I'm going to find somebody who is. Now, as far as Olsen, um, I felt like Olsen was getting a little long in the tooth. He still is valuable, but I just think that, you know, with everything going on, I think Olsen made the decision, in my opinion, to leave Carolina more so than Carolina wanted to get rid of Olsen because I think Olsen didn't feel like he was going to be able to really win because there's such uncertainty when it comes to Cam right now, which to me I don't understand. And he also feels like these young players are kind of more focused on the the notoriety and the fame of being football players instead of the winning aspects of being them. So to answer your question, I think it is a combination of both of the points that you said, but I think it's more so based on this rebuild. Okay, okay. So, yeah, like we were discussing uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Tepper, you know, he ain't playing. You said he gave him a timeline, but, you know, he just got there. So, you know, the time started as soon as he soon as he got behind the desk, I guess. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, okay. And that's exactly what happened. I feel like when Tepper came in, you know, everybody already felt like when you get a new ownership, things are going to change. And typically, they do change at the head coaching position if they realize that the head coach is not bringing in wins or filling up the seat like they, they should be. And when Tepper came in, Rivera was kind of on a, a seesaw as far as, you know, his win and losses. Now, mind you, I think Cam played a big part, unfortunately, in, in Ron Rivera's early release, seeing as though Cam has been dealing with these nagging injuries. Because we all have to remember that before Cam got injured, the Panthers were 6-2 and two halfway through the season, and he was an MVP candidate, and the Panthers were, were uh, forced to be reckoned with in the NFC South, let alone the, the league. And as soon as you know, he takes this hit from T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh, you know, now we're dealing with the whole other monster, and he goes downhill. Then we turn around and see next season where everybody's like the Panthers are going to make some noise. But I think the Panthers, you know, are their success is contingent upon Cam Newton's ability to perform. I, I love Christian McCaffrey, but if you don't have a quarterback back there with him, it's going to be a threat. It kind of stagnates him. He's going to get his numbers, but it's not going to equate to wins. And unfortunately. That, that ended up being the demise of Ron Rivera in Carolina. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you on the uh, the record when Cam was uh, when he was uh, uh, active. Uh, they were doing very well, and uh, yes, he was an MVP candidate. And then he went down, and so went the team. Um, as far as McCaffrey, um, good young running back. Um, but I feel like if if you if you hit him real good, you know he um, he start he start moonwalking a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he does need um, a good a good strong quarterback, you know, behind them to be able to mix it up a little bit. Um, and even from a psychological standpoint, th- and this is just my personal feelings. If he if he sees someone. Uh, uh, in that position, you know, of cam size and, and mobility and, and, and 
be able to take those hits, it makes him feel a little bit better. Hey, you know, I can go out there and, you know, try to get that extra yard on third down. And, you know, I might get, you know, uh, rattled a little bit. But, you know, my quarterback taking a hit, you know, I, I can go ahead and do a little bit more. You see what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. I, I also feel like I think two things are, are ailing uh, Christian McCaffrey as far as really making Carolina successful. Because truthfully, we all have to accept the fact that Cam is, is not going to be the face of Carolina if he returns in 2020. It's going to shift over to Christian McCaffrey. I believe Charlotte is making Christian McCaffrey the face of the Carolina Panthers. The problem is when you're dealing with Christian McCaffrey, like you said, too many hits is going to hurt him as well as any other running back in the league if, if they're taking too much punishment. But I think two things are a reason why Carolina can't equate Christian McCaffrey's monster numbers to wins. And it's one, because of the quarterback play. Because if, if you have a Cam Newton in the backfield with you, and you're running things like zone reads, read options, and things of that nature, you're going to have the defense's head on a swivel because you don't know who's going to keep that ball because both of them are equally dangerous with the ball. And two, Christian McCaffrey got a lot of his numbers because there's nobody else running that ball. He doesn't have any help. Like, you can't run that man. That man is running 90 to 92% of Carolina's plays, and that's not going to fly over the next few years. He's in his third year, and he's still consistently running over 90% of Carolina's play. you got to have another power back, because I really think McCaffrey is a more of a scat back, a, a finesse back. You know, he can run through the tackles from time to time, but that's not really his thing. Like, you can get him in the receiving. You know, you can have him in the backfield doing sweeps and things of that nature, but you need a power back that's going to compliment him, that takes the workload off of him so you can get the optimum performance out of him that you was trying to get when you drafted him so high in the draft back in 2017. Right, right, right. Now, if Cam – the first off, do you believe that Cam is returning? That's before I, before I start uh, getting to my uh, secondary question. Okay. I, I'm going to give you my take on this because truthfully – I'm a fan of Cam Newton. Okay. And I really feel like the Panthers organization is disrespecting him. Mm. Because the fact that we're still sitting here a year and a half removed from his surgery and we still don't know 100% for sure if Cam is going to be with Carolina in 2020, Mm. that's disrespectful. Mm. The last time I checked, Aaron Rodgers had two collarbone surgeries, and not once did we have to decipher whether he or somebody else is going to be the quarterback. They knew when Aaron Rodgers came back, he was the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Now we're dealing with Cam, and it's like we don't know. And, you know, look, I believe, to answer your question, I believe, and this is my opinion, that Cam Newton is coming back in 2020. Mm -hmm. Reason being is because when you're dealing with, with the situation that Carolina has going on right now with Cam and especially with his contract, you're going to get a good result regardless of what you do. Mm. If you keep Cam, he's in his contract year, which means he's going to have to show and prove. Because if he shows and proves, it's going to help him and it's going to help the organization. It's going to help the organization because you're going to get the best out of a former MVP, let alone for a for dollar general prices, because, I mean, what quarterback you know 
Cam Newton's stature and of, of, of his nature getting paid $20 million. Cam Newton is a former MVP. There, the average right now is $28, 29000000 million at the very least. You got quarterbacks now getting 30 $33, 35000000 million. You're mm-hmm. getting him for 19 mm-hmm. which is a steal. Then on top of that, you're getting the best Cam Newton because he has to play hard, because he has to prove himself, because he's either going to prove himself to be the man for an extension in Carolina past 2020, or he's going to prove himself to be a great asset to another team that needs a quarterback. So either way, Carolina as an organization is going to come out good keeping him. And that's why I feel like, in my opinion, that Cam Newton should, and in my opinion will, stay with Carolina in 2020. Right, right. And I, I completely agree with you as uh, as it pertains to that Rodgers comparison. Um, since that 2010 uh, Super Bowl, he's been playing uh, quite the average football um, in his position. Um, two and four, uh, to be exact, uh, in the playoffs uh, since then. So, yeah, I, I do uh, find it also disrespectful you know, for somebody that has been the face of the uh, the organization uh, since his uh, inception in the league. Um, right. And then not only uh, on the football field, but outside of the, the, the uniform, uh, football uniform. Absolutely. He's given back to the community. Um, uh, his, his, he brought swagger to the team. Uh, you know, Cam was doing the end zone dances that was causing him and the team to be penalized before it was uh, actually uh, allowed or authorized to do. You know, so, you know, he brought a, a certain style and finesse uh, combination where, you know, if you if, if you got it, you know, go ahead and make it do what it make it do what it do you know you know i'm the mvp um i know what i'm capable of doing um and not only that i'm showing leadership um by bringing you know my my guys along with me you know and get instilling uh confidence in them now they feel like they can run through walls you know they feel they have the same confidence that i have and if we're all on one accord and we're linked up together, you know, we can meet those expectations. We can we can produce those 15 and one seasons, which, you know, there which we have record of. So, right. you know, that that type of, of, of swagger and that type of energy was contagious. And uh, the fans, they fed off of it. Uh, the kids, you know, giving the kids the football and, and, and uh, you know, all of that, you know, uh, celebratory um, uh, actions. You know, once you, you create a big play, a touchdown, what have you, you know, the, the, it, it, it filled the seats. So, you know, you're, you're, the swagger is, 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 is flowing onto your teammates, the, the, the community, uh, you're out in the community, the, the, the fans, you know, they're, they're, they're paying for merchandise. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, you got to put a little bit more respect on them, you know, when it comes to, you know, his legacy, which is still being written. So, um, yeah, I do find it quite disturbing 
that, you know, we're we're discussing whether he's even going to be on the team anymore. Like he's some sort of uh, average quarterback. This guy is a 2015 most valuable player. You know, that's, that's got to mean something. So, yeah, a little bit more respect on Cam. I definitely agree. Um, now, when it comes to Cam Newton's future, because uh, I want to stay on Cam for just a little bit longer, um, his future. What do we need to do to have him continue superior performance? You said that he has uh, his best years. Uh, he, we still haven't seen his best. You said he's in a contract year, so he has time to show off. What do we need to do to put everything that he what 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 do we have to provide for him at a minimum um i know we're dealing with cap space i know we're dealing with uh contracts at a minimum what do we need to do for cam to get our return back as far as his performance is concerned, uh, doing what we know that he's capable of doing. At a minimum, what do we need to do and where do we need to start? Uh, but at a minimum, for, for one, we need to, like you said, put respect on his name. Okay. And, and not make him feel uncertain about his place in Carolina after everything he's done. Mm. Now, again, this is not me saying that Cam Newton is the best quarterback that I've ever seen in my life. My thing is, if we're talking about Carolina Panthers football, no quarterback has been more influential and impactful to the Panthers than Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk about Jake DeLone, but Jake DeLone was nowhere near the athlete that Cam Newton is. Now, granted, he got them to the Super Bowl, but so did Cam Newton riding a 15-1 record. Mm -hmm. You don't get 15-1 by luck. You Mm -hmm. have to to establish some form of dominance. And don't get me wrong, the defense – was stellar during that season, but Cam Newton really carried the offense. I, mm. I ask people all the time that have an issue with Cam Newton because I feel like the most people that have an issue with Cam Newton or really critique him harshly are people who really don't watch Panthers football. Mm. And I ask them, I said, if you can name two wide receivers that were that had notoriety that Cam Newton had since he came into the league in 2011, let me know. Mm. I don't think Cam Newton has ever had a ex-receiver. Mm. Steve Smith was there when he first joined the league, but Steve Smith was already past his prime way before he even joined the Ravens. He still had something left in the tank, but he was not the guy that he was when Jake DeLone took him to the Super Bowl. That's a fact, um, and shout, shout out to Steve Smith. <laughs> Absolutely. Steve Smith, one of the greatest uh Panthers receivers in history, you know, definitely a shout out to AJ 89, but you know, he was past his prime when Cam came into the league. I can name receivers that Cam had, but you probably wouldn't know who I'm talking about if I named them because they were that unnoticeable, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, he had the 2015 season, Devin Funches was a rookie, Kelvin Benjamin was injured. Greg Olsen was his number one receiver. If your tight end is your number one receiver, that means you don't have a receiving core. That's, that's a fact. That's usually what that means. 
Mm-hmm. And yet and still, he boasted a 15-1 and record and had the top three offense in the league. How do you have the top three offense when you don't really have any receiving weapons like that? Mm-hmm. That means you carry the team, basically. Mm-hmm. It was almost like he was like Allen Iverson when he took him to the finals. Like, I've, I've never seen anybody carry a team with so little, you know, as far as um, skill and ability. Now, granted, he did. He had Jericho Cotri. I think Jericho Cotri had good hands, but he was way old. Billy Brown was basically in his second year on rookie one. I can't remember. Um, like I said, he had punches. He had, I think, Brenton Burston. He, like, what about Ted Ginn? All these guys. He said, well, yeah, Ted Ginn, there you go. And he made Ted Ginn valuable to the Saints. Mm-hmm. If Ted Ginn didn't play with Carolina and go to the Super Bowl and wasn't that deep threat, the Saints wouldn't have went after him. And he wouldn't have got paid like he did by New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Because Ted Ginn was not known for catching the ball. Mm-hmm. He actually was known for having bricks for hands. Mm-hmm. But he was a deep threat. And if Cam can't do anything else, he can throw a deep ball. Yep. So, you know, it worked out. Mm-hmm. But, but to the question, I feel like they need to put respect on his name. They need to uh, let him take advantage of the weapons he has now. It's mm-hmm. amazing how, like I said, he didn't have receiving weapons or weapons for that matter. Because Jonathan Stewart, Jonathan Stewart, even though he's a, he was a good running back, he was getting past prime as Cam's career started going on. So now you have Christian McCaffrey, you have DJ Moore, you have Curtis Samuel, you know what I'm saying? You have these young guys, and then you get injured. So we didn't get a chance to really see what Cam could do with these guys in the full course of a season because, like I said, eight games in, he was 6-2. and two. That's a good record halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. He gets injured, comes in week one of this past season, you know, he re-aggravates the injuries that he already had, especially in his foot. Um, then he turns around, and it gets even worse during the um, the Tampa Bay game in week two. And it's crazy because I think, and this is just my opinion, but I heard allegedly that Cam, he had to pull himself out of the game and put himself on the injury list because Ron Rivera was going to let him play. Because mm. Ron Rivera was worried about losing his job. Mm-hmm. He wanted to keep Cam out there and, and have the best chance to win and keep his job in Carolina. He was trying to he was trying to uh Thibodeau him. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what he was trying to do. And and it ended up backfiring. And as soon as Cam goes down and everybody's hailing Kyle Allen as the, the savior of the Panthers because he had a couple good games where he threw the ball well and don't get me wrong, he can throw the ball. But once they got tape on him, everything went downhill. Mm. You lost all them games that people complained that Cam lost while he was injured. Kyle Allen lost just as many games uninjured. At 100%. So, at 100%. Mm. You got Cam at 50% maybe. Mm-hmm. And he lost eight straight. But we're not talking about eight straight losses by blowouts. We're talking eight straight losses by a touchdown, a field goal, a point. So they were still in the game. He just couldn't get them over the hump. Mm-hmm. But every time we bring up Cam Newton, that's what people bring up. Oh, he had an 0-8 record. We're talking about an 0-8 record with the injured player. Mm-hmm. Now, if Cam was healthy and got an 0-8 record, send him out. 
Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Completely agree. Because whether I'm a diehard fan or not, I am not going to stray away from the truth. If you're not good enough, you got to go. But I don't believe that Cam is just not good enough. You don't become MVP by not being good enough. He was injured. He lost a bunch of games. And, and that's, that happens. You can't perform at your fullest. You can't utilize what made you great in the first place. Yeah, you're, you're going to fail. Things are going to happen. You might get out by the skin of your teeth. So I think they should put respect on his name. I think they should let him give him a chance to utilize these guys. And plus with Matt Rule and Joe Brady coming in, they have that college offense, which I feel like Cam flourishes in. Because when Mike Shula was there, that was the same offense that they ran. They ran that college offense, and that's why he did so well, because it was full of read options, it was full of zone, things of that nature that played to Cam's strength. So I feel like let him, give him a chance and let him play. You're not losing anything. You're only paying him $19 million. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. Get the best out of somebody for the, the least. I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to go and buy or get a car that, that runs at 100 miles an hour if they're a racer and, and only pay, you know, half price for it. I, I think anybody would want to do that. If you can get the best out of somebody for the least amount coming out of your pocket, that's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing they need to do for Cam. They need to instill confidence in Cam that they, they want him to be their guy. Mm. Because I feel like the biggest issue with this whole situation is that there's skepticism. Nobody knows, and the media is feeding off this. Mm. And it aggravates me as a Carolina fan because the media and the people on ESPN and all these different networks, I don't feel like they really watch Panthers football or really watch Cam closely as much as they just take in what's told to them and they just kind of put it out on their platform. Mm. Like Because it's hard for me to believe that you feel like this man is not a good teammate. Because he sits on the bench, or he might be down because the team's losing. But yet Tom Brady can cut everybody out on the bench, and he's full of passion. Oh yeah. Come on now, we got we gotta we gotta have a meeting place, man. Because if if Cam is, is a bad teammate and Tom Brady is a passionate good teammate, then I don't know what a good teammate is. Mm-hmm. The last time I checked, Gerald McCoy gave up millions of dollars to play with a winning team in Baltimore to come to Carolina because he appreciated how thoughtful that Cam was to to what he was about. Cam literally took him out to a vegan restaurant and they all came and ate dinner with him and that swayed him to give up that money to play for Carolina. Mm. If you ask anybody who's in the Carolina locker room, and I've seen it on interviews and everything, Nobody has anything bad to say about Cam. And they ain't got nothing to do with him being his teammate. Mm-hmm. That's just how they really feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's a good guy. We don't know what the media is about. Why they saying he's this and that and the third. Like, there's nothing wrong with Cam as a person, as a teammate, like you said. What he does for the community, what he does for the children. Cam is a big staple in Charlotte. Cam has made the Carolina Panthers relevant again. Because they worked for a long stretch of time. Oh, yeah, I remember. And, and now, yeah, absolutely. After Jake DeLone, you know, they got to the, the Super Bowl after that, he just started kind of slowly but surely tanking. 
I mean, that's how we got Cam at number one because we were just that bad. Now I want to, I want to lead, I want to lead, uh, use that uh, as a segue to um, lead into uh, my next set of questions. But I want to first start off because you, because you brought up Tom Brady. Now, you also stated that Cam never had an ex receiver, his guy, his go to, uh, his consistent deep threat. As as the host, I have to play. Uh, I have to be. Um, I have to be the antagonist uh, at times. I have to. Uh, I can't. I have to be biased, if you will. So, Tom Brady, he never really had an ex receiver. What What do you say the difference between the two? And then, can you could you put Cam on the Patriots and put Brady in the Panthers in a Panther uniform? Would you? Would they cancel each other out? I do not think they'll cancel each other out because I'm going to tell you the X factor between Cam and Tom Brady, and that's coaching. Okay. Cam did never had a Bill Belichick. See, I think people don't understand the importance of a head coach. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. Revere wasn't a bad coach, but Revere was a defensive-minded coach. You couldn't put Revere on the offensive side and he could make magic. Bill Belichick is a savant when it comes to coaching. Like, he can make anything great. You know, this is what I always say. This is my um, comparison thing. I like to compare people and and teams. I feel like the New England Patriots are the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. Okay. They, They always find a way to win. They have great coaching. They have players that... They might have one star player or two star players, but as a whole, they just have guys that play their part and they're a part of a system. That is what makes New England so dangerous. They have a system. And when you have a system, it doesn't matter who's there. As long as the system's intact, it will always be successful. You can take a Gronk out and put a no-name tight end in, and they still went, what, 13-3 uh, and three last season? Mm-hmm. That's because the system is, is foolproof. See, Rivera is a good coach, but Carolina doesn't have a system. They don't okay. have a system that you have to pick and you can plug and put somebody in. As long as they're, they're filling up the roster, they can win. Carolina needs talent. Carolina needs guys that can really play to help carry them over. That's why the Bulls won so much. It wasn't just because of Jordan and Pippen. It was because of Jordan and Pippen and Phil Jackson. If you go to the Lakers, the Lakers weren't winning with Kobe and Shaq when Dale Harris was coaching. It wasn't until Phil Jackson got there. You mm-hmm. had two stars, and you still couldn't win. Mm-hmm. But when the coaching came in and changed the whole aspect of the team and made up a new system that was foolproof, they became a dynasty, just like the New England Patriots. So to answer your question, as far as switching Tom Brady with Cam Newton, that doesn't it's not going to necessarily work. Now, Cam Newton can get them wins, but he would definitely flourish in New England more than Tom Brady would flourish in Carolina. Mm. Because Tom Brady can, can throw. He can get you open, he can throw. But if the coaching is off, he would have to take over and, and kind of be a coach. Whereas mm. Cam Newton, Bill Belichick said, hey, it's my way or the highway. You do it my way, we're going to win. If you don't, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. When you put a person in a system like that, they're going to be successful. Even if they don't 
win the Super Bowl, they're going to have winning records every season. Pittsburgh has a system. It does, Pittsburgh's whole starting lineup was, was damn near injured. Mm-hmm. And Mike Tomlin still got them boys to where they were basically in the playoffs mm-hmm. because their system is good. You had second, third string guys playing, and they still were winning. They still were in playoff contention. If Carolina loses their star player, they're prepared for the next season. Right, that, right. That's just the way it is. That's 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 why that if since they lost their star player, which opens the floodgates for this conversation. So, Absolutely. you know, we're we're live we're living in that time period right now. So we're experiencing that, um, you know, as fans. So now, and that that kind of leads me. Uh, back to my previous question why those key players decided to leave you know maybe they knew something but then again maybe you know it could have been management so that's that's uh why I was hinting to that question uh at the beginning so give me a um give me okay cam you, you have cam returning um we just need to focus on uh what he has for right now um, you know, try to pick up some players, uh, some key players, if we, if we can. Um, what what part of the offense uh, do you see being a problem? We're gonna keep. We're gonna work with the guys that we have. Um, we have McCaffrey. Um, what is our? We're, we're not talking about uh, deep playoff runs right now, but what is our biggest concern going into next season? Um, Cam being behind the snap. Okay, uh, are we talking team as a whole or just offense? Uh, we're talking about as uh, as the as a general consensus, the Carolina Panthers as a whole. What is our what what what's going to be a thorn in our side trying to uh, at least get reach a, a winning record? That's six and two again. Uh, number one, linebacker. Mm. Um, Losing Luke Keekley was brutal. Mm. Because one, nobody saw it coming. I mean, he just kind of sprung it up on everybody sitting in the linebackers room. Hey, I, I can't do it anymore. And honestly, I feel like it is health-related, of course. Um, I think it might be in, con- in contention with the concussions and things of that nature. But linebacker is going to be a crucial piece that is going to have to be addressed soon. Now, they're, they're saying quote-unquote, and this is just what I'm hearing. I don't know how true it is. They may be going after the linebacker from Clemson. Um, but they need to fill that void because I don't believe Shaq Thompson can take over the reins and be another Luke Keekly. Truthfully, I don't think there will ever be another Luke Keekly in Carolina. It might be somebody close. It might be somebody similar. But I don't think they'll have that ability like Luke Keekly. So to beat that defensive Linebacker position is going to be one of the first things that they need to address because if you take Luke Keekley out of the equation, it's going to be hard to position them guys to where they need to go. They're going to have to rely on themselves a little more as compared to what they did when Luke Keekley was calling the play, telling them, putting them in position and things of that nature. Because you don't have veterans. <laughs> Luke's gone. Thomas Davis been gone. You don't have these guys that, that know the game and have played these teams so many times that they – they recognize tendencies and things of that nature. Shaq Thompson is still young. I think they believe in him because they gave him an extension. But number one would be linebacker. 
staying on the defensive side, I think the defensive in the middle of the defense, uh, defensive line, that is, uh, they need to address that because I'm not sure if they're going to keep Gerald McCoy for another season. I, I had a um, source from Sports Illustrated, I believe, that said that he may be parting ways. I don't know how true that is. Right now it's just speculation. But if he does, they're going to have to address that too because K.K. Short and Yontari um, Poe is on the injury reserve, and I don't know if he's going to come back either. They're aiming to get um, the guy from Auburn in the draft uh, for our number seven pick. Uh, they say he's real special, so that will help a little bit. That's the main thing on defense. I feel like our corners, uh, I'm sure they're going to re-sign Bradbury because um, his contract is up. I'm sure they're going to keep him because he's pretty solid. Um, Dante Jackson disappointed me this season, but I, I think he can bounce back. Um, Eric Reed has been solid, in my opinion. Trey Boston had a good season. He was solid. Um, and I think they might need one more guy, one more corner, and I know it's been speculated that Josh Norman will be on the market. I think Josh Norman can help if you just give him help because I feel like if he's in man coverage and he's by himself, he's going to be like Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl getting burnt every play. Yeah, I, I think he needs help and, and push more of a zone system to where he's not by himself on an island with the number one or even number two receiver. Um, offensively, if we're saying that Cam is, is there, uh, Christian's good. He needs help. He needs another power back. Um, tight end is going to be a, a growing pain for Ian Thomas. I think uh, I think he has the athleticism to be good. I don't think he has the savvy of a Greg Olsen because Greg Olsen was very savvy. He was, he was able to run routes and still get separation even though he was slow as all hell. But he just knew what he was doing. So tight end might be a little, little rough. Wide receiver, uh, I think DJ Moore is, is special. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, Curtis Samuel, I feel like Curtis Samuel is better than people give him credit for. I just think they haven't been finding him much. I think they're going to get rid of Jerry's right um, to add more money to their cap space. Uh, but offense, <laughs> the, the main thing would be the line. I don't care how good or how healthy Cam's going to be this season. If he doesn't have a line, he's going to get injured again. And he needs an offensive line. I think Taylor, uh, Taylor Morton is, is great. I like Kyle, uh, Van Roten. He's good. Um, who else is on that line? Um, there's one boy that I think needs, needs help. Daryl Williams did not perform like I thought he would, especially given this is a contract year. Um that dude named Greg Little that they drafted. He couldn't stay healthy. So I think the line is a big issue too because I think everything revolves around that. So if they can fix that line, it'll help more of their offense than adding other pieces. But if it, if, to answer your question, offense, they need to get that line, uh, a base of solidarity, and big bodies in there to keep Cam safe and open up holes for Christian. And on defense, they need a piece on that defensive line because I feel like the edge is good. Brian Burns will be all right. Mario Addison still got left in the tank. Uh, they keep Bruce Irvin. That'll be fine, too. The linebacker is the main thing on defense. 
All right, all right. Now, um, you brought up uh, Thomas Davis. I actually met him back in uh, 2018. I wouldn't uh, actually call it a meet. I seen him walk, and I said, hey, what's up, Davis? He kept walking. That's why he got suspended for four games. So, But, you know, I just wanted to throw that in. But, um, but yeah, you, you, uh, you went in depth with the, uh, the biggest concerns uh, being uh, protection, the offensive line protection. We got to protect Cam. We want him to produce. We got to protect. We got to protect him. Um, Absolutely. Um, so, yes, that's crucial. Um, give me a record for next season. We, we, you know, we, you know what we, we, we're working with next season. Cam's back in the lineup. Um, that's what we're hoping. Give me a record 2020 season. I'll give you two records. I'll give you a record for if Cam stays protected because that's very important. Um, and, and before I get there, it's, it's amazing that people talk so much about Cam being a running quarterback and that's dangerous. Cam has actually got more injuries in the pocket than outside of it, which is very ironic, but I digress. Um, two records. If Cam stays upright, they protect him and he's healthy. Given this new coaching system, I will give the Panthers a record of 11-5. and five. Mm. Now, if, if Cam, because I feel like that offense will be bolstered because I do feel like with Joe Brady being a young mind, I think he's going to hit the league kind of like um, Sean McVay did when he first started. You know, he was a genius. He's young. He's got innovative plays. Because he's, you know, Joe Brady's about as young as half the players on the team. So it's like, you know, I think he'll bring a youth to it and really utilize these guys to really bring in trick plays and things of that nature. And I think Matt Rule is a great when I listen to him talk, he sounds like the motivational type. He sounds like the guy that can get you to run through a wall and stuff. He's not, you know, X's and O's type guy. I'm sure he knows the coaching, but he he gets you pumped up. So, Cam stays upright, healthy. Everybody stays healthy. McCaffrey is doing well, putting up good numbers. I don't think he's going to put up numbers like he did last season. I'd give him 11 and 5. And I, and I think I'm being a little generous, and maybe that's the bias Carolina Panther fan in me. But I'll say 11 and 5. Given Cam does not stay upright, if something's re aggravated or he's injured, I'm going to give him probably the same record that they had this season. And that would be a, what is that, uh, what were they, 5 and 11? Or I think they were 16 or 5 and 11. I'd probably say 5 and 11. 5 and 11. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Kyle Allen, I think he can throw the ball well, but I think once that pressure hits him or somebody hits him or touches him, he's probably going to drop that ball because he has a little hand. So I don't feel like these guys are the guys that's going to carry Carolina if something happens to Cam. So it's really, again, going to fall on Cam's shoulders. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, As far as... um, Five and eleven. Yeah, you're right. The nineteen twenty season, uh Carolina uh Panthers, they were five and eleven, two and six at home, three and five away, lost eight straight. So I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Um you got it. Um three D, we have eleven and five. Uh we're crossing our fingers, uh winning record for the twenty twenty one season, all being that Cam returns and B that he's protected. So that's what it is. Um, we, you heard it from the uh, diehard Panthers fan, uh, 3D. He's riding to the wheels fall off. Um, as you, as you, yeah, as you heard, you know, he can go in depth. He can go, you know, whichever direction, you know, when it comes to uh, the Panthers, and he can, he can, he can back it up. So, um, 3D, you have anything uh, you want to plug? Anything you want to uh, last words? Um, I appreciate. You know, uh, the invite to the podcast is, is dope, and I hope everybody's listening, and I hope you get as many people as you can because this is, like, really, really important and necessary for us men to be able to have a platform like this to be able to listen to and speak our minds on because we do live in a world that is highly PC and a lot of sensitivity going on, and we don't need that all the time, but this is awesome. Um I just appreciate the invite, and like I said, Carolina Panthers, all day, every day, it's my team, it's going to be my team today, it was my team yesterday, and it's going to be my team for the future, and I'm just hoping that we make it to the playoffs next year, because even with a 11-5 record, the way the NFC is looking, they're pretty tough, so 11-5 might not even be enough to make it into the, the wild card, but let's hope that it does. Let's hope that even if it doesn't, we get enough to make it in the wild card at least. And, again, I appreciate you, bro. Hey, anytime, anytime. And again, this is the Renaissance Podcast. The reason why I call it Renaissance because it's the rebirth of man. We can speak our mind. You know, everything that, um, you know, we say as 3D stated already, everything that is said uh, nowadays, you know, it always has to, you know, has to be, has to be apologetic. Uh, it has to be PC. But, you know, we're not hurting anybody. You know, we're not uh, trying to bash anyone. And, you know, if we don't have... Uh, the complete facts on it, we'll just say alleged. So look, I'll just put my disclaimer out right now. We'll just say everything that's not uh, that's not factually back, uh, backed up, we'll just say alleged. Now I'm speaking about that uh, Thomas Davis uh, interaction there. So, and, and, I'm, and you, you can rest assured I had nothing to do with his suspension. That was all on him. So, uh, but shout out to Thomas Davis anyway. But um, yes, uh, this is uh, the Renaissance podcast. Uh, where you can speak your mind, you know, chill, relax on your way to work, at your leisure. Chime in, talk with us. Uh, if you have any uh, questions, let us know. Our uh, email is um, uh, at gmail.com. And uh, be sure to uh, check out the 
One Generation Infinity website. Uh, it's a custom clothing website where you can decide. Uh, it's a basically designed for you to whatever it is that you want to wear. I understand that sometimes you go into the store, you find something that you really don't like, uh, but you, you you try to piece it up with whatever is closest to you know your style. At One Generation Infinity, you get exactly what you want. You want your birthday, uh, everybody know, know your birthday, you put it on your shirt, your anniversary, your bar mitzvah, family reunion, whatever you want. That's at OneGenerationInfinity.com. Again, that's OneGeneration-Infinity, excuse me, .com. And this show is brought to you by One Generation Infinity. So uh, there you have it. Um, that's it. And uh, we're out of here. Yes, sir.